0: Everyone, we have two fine uh, participants today, but one is here now. Tom Stockman, welcome. Hi. Are you Are you back from North Carolina?
1: Uh, I haven't been to North Carolina in a couple of months. Oh, oh. Yeah, I, I, I was going every couple of weeks, but I haven't been since the lockdown because they don't want people visiting the nursing home where my parents live.
0: Oh, yeah, that's the same as my uncle's assisted living. So are they doing okay? Is their nursing home yeah,
1: okay? Yeah. Only, only one person has died at their whole senior center.
0: That's
2: good.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Thousands of people live in there.
2: Oh, good. All right, we have two guests today. We're going to talk to Frankie and Tom Stockman. It's been a while with Tom. All right, we have Spaceship Earth, How to Build a Girl, Clementine. We'll talk about Tom's interview with Camille Keaton. DVDs this week, Gretel and Hansel, Bloodshot. Preview Capone we will be talking about what's on streaming and the ESPN 30 on 30 documentaries. Of course, everything leads back to Star Wars talk. Then what's going on with the St. Louis Shakespeare Festival, Shakespeare TV, and then we'll talk moms for Mother's Day.
0: And Carl, how are you on this Mother's Day?
2: I am good. First of all, happy Mother's Day to you, Lynn.
0: Thank you. And what did you do with your lovely family today?
2: Uh, we had a Mother's Day tea. Normally we go out with another family for, to the Ritz, but the Ritz is not doing that anymore in this new world we live in. So we made the Ritz breakfast tea at our own house. So. Oh.
0: That was good. Lovely. I had a crustless quiche from the Deerberg's uh, ready to grab and go food section. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh- <laughs> hey, you know. It's quite anyway. Um we have some new releases this week, video on demand. And now that it's springtime and drive ins are opening, some of these movies are available at local drive ins, but not our Skyview. And I yeah. don't probably think Lynch. I don't, what new movies are available at local drive ins?
2: Well, uh um, they opened up they opened up the uh Wretched last week. That was the uh the horror film. I IFC. Think would, I think you would. I think you would like the Wretched. It's a horror film, and you know they don't get enough do. That's their midnight I, series. I don't
1: think it's. A, I don't think it's a, any drive-ins within an
0: hour of St.
2: Louis. Oh no, no, it's not anywhere close. They only opened it like. Uh, I want to say less than
0: twenty. But yeah, they, like
2: 13, they did open the drive-ins. Yeah, where it was they could like get 13 it.
0: thirteen drive-ins across the country. I think in warmer climates like California in the South. Well, the, sky,
1: the Skyline drive-in in DeSoto is showing Trolls World Tour, which is the closest thing to a new movie showing at a drive-in anywhere.
2: Yes, drive-in. and sky, Skyview is going to show that next weekend.
1: Yeah, with Doolittle.
0: Yes. Pretty,
1: <laughs> uh, pretty bad double feature.
0: Well, they had a huge line this weekend for their, <laughs> their uh, Goonies and for uh, Ferris Bueller and what was the other one?
1: Go grease and Beetlejuice.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah well, there's
1: they, only there's only 300 spots total. Oh, because they're only using half the spots. Right. It's selling out pretty quick.
0: Yeah, that's true. But at least they they've got the you know okay to go. Oh yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, and there's. There's
1: a few th- in um, where is that Litchfield? Litchfield. And it's covering, Uh, dazed and confused tonight and then next week they've got ET. Wow.
0: Yeah. Oh. That's
1: about about the same distance as the Litchfield drive and from me anyway.
0: Right. People still want to get out and that that the new first fully full run big studio movies aren't coming out till July. If that's the schedule. If you go to IMDb, there's a schedule listing all of them and we'll see.
1: Yeah, I believe that's it all like. we
0: can do. We'll see. Just like everything, everything's day to day in our world and even when as states reopen their spaces so it just depends on the crowd size and what you can do and you know all of that. So anyway, Frankie is going to be joining us our our Frankie Campbelletta. and uh he'll be coming in but the first movie that we should talk about Carl is one you and I have seen I'm not sure Tom if you've seen it battleship um in spaceship earth it's a documentary and this was shown outside in New York uh this weekend
2: on the streets <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: they it they is, showed it on the side of a building
0: yeah oh. it is such it is such a bizarre movie what's it called it's called Spaceship Earth. It is about the people, the eight people that went into the biosphere two oh, yeah. back in nineteen ninety one. I don't remember this and I no. don't know why I don't remember this.
2: The only did thing they, that Paul, people did
0: they make a Pauly Shore movie about that?
2: That yes. is the only thing that people remember about this movie or this, this world event is the movie that Pauly Shore did that was making fun of it. And that's it.
0: Well, it's a a strange bunch. It's these hippies from San Francisco in the 70s, and they are out there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, yeah, and it's also, it doesn't even start in the bio. The first half hour is just setting this all up. And I inadvertently spoke about this three weeks ago when I saw the movie for the first time because – I didn't know that it was being actually released on a certain day and it is being, it's now out and you can see it, but it was, uh, I saw it several weeks ago and it has stuck with me because I, when I see something true to life like this, I try to see what the real story was and they sanitized this story a lot. I had heard stuff that there was infighting and like there was two groups of four. They don't, do that. They don't also don't talk to all of the living members of this or have any interviews with some of the people that were not necessarily uh enthralled by being in the biodome for two or years.
1: A narrative with actors?
2: Uh no, it's not it's not a narrative with actors. It's it not, is a documentary with talking heads. And they filmed a lot because they were because they were uh an acting club. They had cameras rolling all the time. They have stuff from the 60s all the way till uh, the late 90s when this thing exploded. They're well documented. I will give them credit. It's not like they recreated anything. It was. uh, I remember seeing it, and I like seeing uh, uh, the Gary Hart. Not was it Gary Hart? Who 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 is the guy that used to be on Good Morning America and was on the At Home Show?
0: So it was it was Gary Hart. It but was, it was Gary, different, but it was okay. It was a different Gary Hart. Okay, the blonde dude. I know. Yeah.
2: and they have all these. It's really interesting seeing all the news stories about this from the early nineties because you think that we would remember it, and unfortunately, these guys did a very huge and expensive sociological experiment that has. Been lost in time. It's only thirty years old. So you think we'd know that all these people did these things?
0: So the movie.
2: It's. I wanted wanted more.
0: Yeah, it's unusual. Um,
2: given the given the people that are that ran the thing, that funded the thing, you think there'd be more controversy and more story? And it's you know, truth is stranger than fiction. It is, it is, it doesn't seem straight. It seems very straightforward for these crazy people.
1: Maybe it would have been better if it had Polly Shore in it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Lynn, what did you think of the film?
0: I thought it was uh, unusual and interesting. And um, I think it took a long time to get going because it showed so much of their early years, how weird they all were. Yep. And, uh, That take, it takes a while to get into it, but once you get into it, it's, it's your typical documentary with the talking heads, but they have a lot of footage from that period. So that's good. And, uh, just hearing these older people, but I love the nicknames, like the guy that's (laughs) nicknamed horseshit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, that was,
2: that was the nickname they gave him. And that was the scientific nickname that they gave him. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah and salty and there it's it's a very um it's very grounded in the seventies what would you call that movement you know the the hippies the the uh freedom. free to be you and me and yeah and uh yeah, I'm okay, you're okay that whole
1: uh I'd like to teach the world a thing,
0: yeah. yeah, and then also they have uh they aspire to be silent running in the good way right carl that's their vision right
2: yeah yeah they they actually have a they have a clip of that film and they're like no that this is this is what we think we can do and we can make a sustainable thing and then when when they fail they kind of just brush that off because you know it's i wonder if by talking to the leader of that group they agreed not to make him look so stupid
0: yeah, well, they had to sign off on it, I'm sure. But, uh, given, given the, uh, world nowadays, uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting parallel to, um, it reminded me, what was that, what was that Matt Damon movie where they were living out in the colonies? You know, this. Yeah, the Martian. Uh, no, 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 no. It no, was no, no, the no. one downsizing. Was that it? Yeah. That was supposed to be the utopia.
2: Yeah, because uh, everyone got shrunk. Right. Yeah, no, but 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 the Martian was because b- the Martian couldn't exist if it wasn't for the spaceship Earth. And everyone thinks it's about uh Epcot, but it's not about Epcot. It's about it's about the Biodome or the Biosphere. Biodome was the movie. Biosphere is what they call it Biosphere Two, because you know the Earth is biosphere one. Uh yeah. Stuff like that. Uh, yeah. No, not really. All right. So, Lynn, there was another movie that we saw. Tom, did you see the new Beanie Feldstein film?
1: Yes. Beanie Feldstein.
2: The uh, Jonah did, Hill sister.
1: I paid six bucks to see that damn
2: movie. You did? You paid? Oh, you paid.
1: I could have probably gotten a link, but I was too lazy to go through my emails, so... Well,
2: yeah, coming off of a good year she's had a couple of good years she was in Lady Bird, she had a small part in that and then last year uh, Breakout and Smart, and now she's doing How to Become a Girl which is based on the book How to Become a Girl How to
0: Build a Girl How to Build a Girl
2: How to Build a Girl, that's right and it's How to Build a Woman is the other book this is the first of three books and how to build a woman is the, is the author's uh, biography. how to build a girl is fiction, even though it's based on her life. This is, she's a British. Yeah. That's another thing. She's a British (laughs) writer. She's a British writer and she's, she's, very well regarded over there and if you do a search on her she's a, a big deal over in England and re, I don't reminded, know why they got go ahead
0: yeah I was just gonna say it reminded me of Bridget Jones's diary only of, of only a younger version well you've yeah, got a a, an
1: American actress putting on a British accent and starring in a film which you don't see very often it, re, it reminded me of that for that
0: reason as well but Carla didn't mean to interrupt you over are No, doing. no,
2: I'm, I'm just saying the problem was, is the British accent. At first, it's very jarring, especially knowing Beanie Feldstein and her body of work. Um, for the first 15 minutes, it bothered me. I got used to it eventually, but it's just like she's trying to do it really hard, you know?
0: Yes. I thought, I thought... I thought she was pretty consistent, really.
2: I thought thought she got better.
0: She did. I think this movie is going to appeal to girls and young women because (laughs) it uh, does. Because girls are always, okay, there's pressure to reinvent yourself, but always, uh, girls always want to be somebody they're not when just being themselves is good enough, which we should all applaud, but girls are always trying to do that. You know, they're not content with their own lives. But I can see her life when when she says she lives with four brothers and she thinks that's excessive. The supporting cast is very good, although I will say Patty Considine and Chris O'Dowd look too much alike to me. (laughs) Well,
1: I like Patty Considine in this film and I like all the stuff with the family.
2: It yeah, reminded
1: me of a movie from last year called Fighting with Her Family.
2: Yeah, that's the, the pop- WWE movie with a uh,
1: yeah you know, was, pew sort of lower middle class British family, and they all have their own dreams, and they're all not very nice to each other, but they love each other. I thought this was actually a better film than that. What was it called? Booksmart. Booksmart. Yes. Yeah, just because Booksmart was just these these characters are so obnoxious and screechy and yelling, and this one. um I thought I liked it, especially the stuff with the family. The whole thing with her becoming a music journalist was so far fetched, though. <laughs> <the> <laughs>
2: but that's the stuff that's based on reality.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I doubt it. I, <laughs> I, I, I question the reality because it, it's like she writes two pages, she sends it into this highbrow magazine that Emma Thompson, and then the next day she calls her into her office. We're publishing this this month's magazine, and we're going to give you a monthly column. You know, this whole wishful fulfillment fantasy that just doesn't ring true. The, the family stuff did ring true, and I actually enjoyed it. But I didn't uh, like her that much. And then she goes and changes herself, so you get this obnoxious um, musical montage with her trying on clothes, which you see in every chick flick. And then when she finally puts her clothes – she's wearing this stupid black top hat. And these yeah. tails. She looked like Tiny Tim. I can't expect <laughs> her to sing – uh, tiptoe through the tulips or something. She just looked awful.
0: Well, that I, red wig doesn't do her any favors. No.
1: But then there was this whole this whole precious stuff where she has all her heroes, pictures of her heroes on the wall.
0: The God
2: Wall with yeah. Jamila Jamil and Lily Allen and...
1: And a Gemma uh, Arden, uh, Lucy Punch was up there. Yeah, I recognized all these British actresses.
2: Uh, Michael uh, Michael, not Michael Sheen, Michael Shannon.
1: No, Michael Sheen, Michael
2: no, Sheen. No, it was Michael Sheen. Yeah, I'm right. You're right, right. Michael Sheen as Freud. <laughs> yeah, and
1: that gimmick. It was sort of clever the first couple of times they used it, but it was way overused.
2: It was uh it it's it's a weird and it's not one that you could show your kids. Like Booksmart, you could show your high schooler this and you could watch it with them because the sexual stuff was yeah, played for laughs. This the second I wouldn't, sh- I would not watch this with my teenage daughter. It was uh too. uh She she gets very sexual very quickly, and I would be. It's, uh,
1: it's a five minute segment. Where she's yeah, like a montage of her sexual activity. And Jim Bat said in his review at my site, we are movie geeks that that scene just seems totally out of place. It's sort of mean spirited, and it, yeah, definitely gives the movie its R rating.
2: Yeah, except it's, it's not her naked, it's the other people naked. And so, and so, yes, this is a movie for girls.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the guys in it are pretty jerky.
2: Yeah. There, there aren't, a, besides her, well, I was going to say besides her dad, but really her dad's a doofus also. So the yeah. men in this movie are not, and then the, uh, the music star, he, uh but
1: that was just immature. He was just like a big kid. I, I sort of found him sort of endearing.
2: Well, yeah, I liked his character, but none of the men in this movie are responsible or adult. Frankie, hey, Frankie, hey, we
0: had quite the we had, we had quite the journey to get him in here. It wasn't letting him in, Then I sent him the new link, and it's yeah, no, we Frankie, had some weird. technical difficulties
2: today. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to make Marty, sure did, did you see uh, did you see how to build a girl?
3: No, I didn't. We're just no. talking
0: about it now.
2: I,
3: I watched uh... I watched um a couple horror films that I haven't caught up on. I had to rewatch um uh Cabin in the Woods. What? Just because it was such a good film <laughs> You sound
0: like Tom. Tom Stockman meet Frankie Campbelletta Hi. Frankie Camabella meet Tom Stockman. You boys uh, both uh, share a genre of okay. love. Yes.
1: I uh, don't. I don't think How to Build a Girl is as nearly as good as uh, Dr. Goldfoot and His Bikini Machine.
0: <laughs> I do think it's going to appeal to girls right now, and it's a comedy. Thank you, God. Ray Hartman wanted me to do a comedy so bad, and I said, finally. Yeah, but
2: Ray's Ray's got a teenage boy. He wouldn't show his son this.
0: No, and I don't know if he'd show his daughter it either.
2: No, she's younger than the teenage boy.
0: Yeah, so – I did add another
3: uh we added another muscle car to the fleet this weekend, which was pretty oh. cool.
0: <laughs> so yeah. we're we're talking male, uh male testosterone things. What's yeah. the other movie? I haven't had time to watch Clementine and I'm gonna uh, get so in cool. trouble.
1: They show that at Sliff. I interviewed that um the the director. I'm gonna What's reformat it? that interview and post it again. It's
0: pretty good actually. Yeah. It's pretty I meant to, I just, with moving and everything, I've just run out of, you know. It's my good a, intentions don't, don't match my need for sleep.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's about a um, gay stalker.
2: It's about a gay stalker?
1: Yeah, Clementine is. If I remember, <laughs> I'm thinking of the right movie. That was back in November for slip, That young director was here in town for it. Well what's
0: what's interesting about the title is Clementine used to be a gay bar in uh yeah. It, yeah. and then it but, became Clementine's Naughty and Nice Creamery, and people still get confused about, you know. My daughter, the, daughter
2: was on that my daughter was on uh T V on Friday morning because I saw was, that uh, did Clementine. she
0: do did she do the chalk?
2: She did. She was she so. was featured.
0: Yeah, because awesome. um Clementine's Naughty and Nice Creamery celebrated their fifth anniversary and they do have the most awesome ice cream. And because they were in Oprah's favorite things, they have just, they're shipping all across the U.S. Uh, now. But but it's not a gay ice creamery? No.
3: I mean, if you're uh, but gay, it, does you have to, it makes you gay I'm if wrong. you go. I mean, it's a happy <laughs> feeling. Um, so, here's, so here's have the obvious- thing too. They, they have a movie ice cream this month right now. It's called the, uh, Big Lebowski. It's called That's The Dude. Right. And it's, um, it's a Caucasian. So it's, it's coffee <laughs> ice cream with, um, vodka.
0: It's yeah. amazing. It's called and, White uh, Russian. And Kahlua. Yeah. It's a White yeah. Russian. Yeah. Did, did Chef,
2: life. did Chef Liz make that for them?
0: Ye- yes, she did. She invented it for them. So, oh. yeah. So here we go back. It's like six degrees of separation. Clementine, the movie, gay stalker, Clementine, the gay bar, Clementine, the ice creamery, and now we're back to St. Louis. So, oh dear Lord. What else is
2: there
1: uh, out in the I saw, street? But I, saw, I, I saw a VOD movie.
2: What did you see, Tom?
1: Well, I got, I, this Wednesday I'm interviewing um, Camille Keaton who starred in I Spit on Your Grave in 1978. One of my favorite movies of all time. And then last year she starred in I Spit on Your Grave Deja Vu. So she only seems to star in these movies where there's some woman who gets beaten or assaulted right. or raped or whatever, and then she gets revenge. Because she's starring in this new movie because I got to interview her the day after tomorrow.
3: Um, am
2: going to plug in, guys. Hold on.
3: Cry for the bad
1: man.
2: <laughs> cry for the bad man. Oh, That's, yeah. That sounds like a...
1: I don't know who the hell came up with that title. It's a terrible title. And it's really a terrible movie. But it's just, it's just Camille Keaton, who's now 73. Although I, I said she does look fantastic. Um, she's, it's a, a home invasion movie. So there's these three guys trying to break into her house for, and the whole thing lasts like 68 minutes. And it's just her. And she, I don't think she's, I don't think there's a single shot of her where she's not pointing a gun somewhere. Um, um. It's a real piece of crap, but I, I still kind of like the There's something <laughs> sort of compelling about watching Camille Keaton just get revenge and shoot men and shoot men in the crotch and cut their arms off and all kinds of stuff like that. So uh, it's, it's pretty horribly made, but um, it, you, you certainly wouldn't get bored with it. Again, it's called Cry for the Bad Man. And watch for my interview with Camille Keaton uh, probably at the end of the week at com. Did you
2: talk about her grandfather at all?
1: No, she is not related to a Buster Keaton.
2: It says Wikipedia says it's her grandfather.
1: <laughs> I know. That's something she started saying real earlier in her career. And now, if you're so it, So
2: it's a up, lie.
1: She'll just kind of blow it off and change the subject. So it, uh, really? Made that up. I'll ask her again. But I've asked her. I've asked her point blank. And she'll just kind of look away and say, oh, yeah, there was some relation, I think. And then she'll change the subject.
2: Nice. That's funny.
1: <laughs> She's not related to Buster Cade.
2: But or you know what? <laughs> Or or uh, but and she okay now hold on she was married to Sidney Luft though is that and true?
1: Sid Luft who was about 35 years older than her. This was after Judy Garland was married to Sid Luft. I am going to ask her about that because I'm 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 curious if she saw the Judy Garland movie last year where Sid Luft was a character.
0: Right, and because not portrayed not portrayed as as nice as he could have been.
1: Uh he wasn't. I don't think he was portrayed particularly poorly in the film. I mean, no.
0: Right. Matter of no. fact.
2: Judy was the one that was crazy in the movie. It, he felt sorry for her in the whole film.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he, he's the one that took care of the kids. But I haven't it's been to watching to too to many
1: movies. I mean, I, watched, I, have, I don't have great um, connectivity over here at this apartment. So I, I spend a lot of time loading movies when I'm trying to watch them. So I just pretty much watch my discs over and over. But I have thousands of discs.
0: Yes, yeah. I can see that you do you would make a nice background if you were on uh tv right now because everybody has their bookcases or their oh, yes yeah. Uh, yeah, stephen king had some bizarre thing on behind him when uh he was interviewed by colbert the other night it wasn't he was the only one that i haven't seen with bookcases. Huh. Is...
2: stephen king doesn't have bookcases that sounds weird
0: well where he was shooting his his uh Thing from uh, the uh, DVD releases. What's so interesting I find about the new DVD releases is they are the movies that we were just seeing right before the pandemic hit. Mm. And,
2: and and Tom, I want to. Did you get to see Gretel and Hansel? Because
0: I uh, can, is that pay for VOD yet.
2: It, it, it's it, it it's came out be last released.
0: Week. It's going to be well. It was released May fifth on DVD. Oh, that means I can I can download. I don't even know where to get DVDs. All the Red
1: Boxes are closed. Are, are
0: right? Really? Well You can you can download them online. Red Box, you yeah. can uh, download online.
1: Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. It's just I like I like having physical media. I think Family Video is still open.
0: No,
2: I know the one in Maplewood closed. Tell me I don't know about the one uh, on Gravelway, but I know oh, the, the one on like, over
1: here by me, But I don't know if it's open now because of the pandemic, but it was open right. a month or two. It was
0: open last week when I drove by. was it? Huh. Mm-hmm. We'll have to do a service or something.
2: Uh, did you see the lodge, Tom?
0: Yeah, I saw that at the high point.
1: Yeah, we reviewed that last time I was on your show, actually.
0: Yeah. Okay. Isn't it? This is so funny because... These were the movies that we were people seeing. The new video release: Bloodshot, Ordinary Love, The Lodge, Gretel and Hansel. I still believe, which was that Christian movie that I mm-hmm. decided not to go to. <laughs> and then the Jesus rolls, the Big Lebowski. Speaking of, of the and dude, it all
2: comes in full circle.
0: I know. Speaking of the dude, the Jesus rolls. What happened roles, to our other? Uh, other there's there's, the, there's Frankie's
2: Frankie Frankie. there. Are you, are you plugged in again, Frankie? Yeah, I think
3: I'm good. I just need to charge it. My computer was dying.
2: <laughs> now, uh, Frankie, yeah. did so, you yeah. see, did you see Gretel and Hansel? Yes. And this, yeah. that's out this week.
3: It's an interesting film. I'm um, about 45 minutes through it. Um, and then I had to, Run and do an errand, so I'm gonna watch the rest of it.
2: <laughs> it was so compelling that you're like, you know what? I can come back and watch the rest. Of
3: well, it. it's a, it's an old, it's an old Nazi tale. I mean, the whole Hansel and Gretel tale is um, Nazi propaganda against Jewish people. So it's hard for me to watch it just because you know so it, It's supposed to be. I don't it really. I didn't see any of the undertones there. They were really making it more about the fairy tale, but it has a very interesting origin and something that i don't typically like my first job out of college was with the miami holocaust museum and i did their marketing and stuff so i learned a lot about you know having to work with survivors at that time we, we had a lot of survivors lot, and it was the 90s a lot more yeah yeah so you a lot.
0: so yeah, i got director. into hunters though
3: i got really into hunters watched hunters
0: well, yeah. the director of Gretel and Hansel is, uh, Oz Perkins, whose father is Anthony Perkins and whose mother, Barry Berenson, was killed in one of the planes on, in nine, on 9-11. Really? Did not know yeah. that. Yeah, oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, I met, I met Tony Perkins in 1989.
0: Uh-huh. So yeah, he <laughs> married who, like, nobody thought, he married Barry Berenson and they had two children. Oz and somebody else. So, so his son is a filmmaker, and I guess uh, this. Imagine that. Yeah, (laughs) Hansel and Gretel, and yeah, I haven't seen the. Are Gretel and Hansel? Hansel,
2: Hansel. now you're doing the Warner Brothers cartoons. Hansel and Gretel.
1: How much does it cost to download?
2: Um.
3: You can rent it for five ninety nine. Or is uh, it no, yeah, I think we well, bought it.
0: Some of the some of the rentals now are four ninety nine, I noticed. Uh, and why is Trolls twenty bucks? Because dead? you you're, because page, it, it's new. It's,
2: it's got brand Justin new. Timberlake.
0: But Birds of Prey <laughs> next week is coming out on D V D and it's gonna be five ninety nine. I saw Birds of Prey. I loved it. So
2: Best actress.
0: Best love, actress,
2: Margot I, Robbie. I love Margot Robbie. God. Did you
1: did you see Whew. it, um, Tom? Uh, yes, but I'm not gonna. Um... <laughs> B-
3: my my best friend, my best friend is a is a better looking Margot Robbie, but she could she could play that role too. I think I only like it because I like her.
2: <laughs> well, uh, now our our buddy Max does not care for some of the things that they changed from the uh, comic books. Like, oh yeah. like the, I mean... the um. Uh, the uh, the police woman character played by uh, Rosie Perez is is uh, they made they made her a lesbian, but they changed a whole bunch of things about her. And the little kid is a major character in DC Comics, but who's not a kid. She's more of an a teenager, almost adult. And he was not happy about what they did with her character. Hmm. No. I mean, the best adaptation
3: of a comic book from a a girl standpoint, from a woman superhero, if you will, I loved Tank
2: Girl way back in the day. (laughs) Yay. Yay, Lori Perry. Yeah. Petty. Petty. Lori Lori Perry is the girl from Four Non-Blondes. Lori Petty. Petty. Yeah.
0: She was also League of Their Own. She had a little bit of a career there. Yeah, that was right after Point Break.
3: Point Break, League of Their Own. She she did some did some good stuff. I don't know. She just dropped off the face of the earth.
0: I know. I saw Um, her being interviewed on something, and I was taken aback by how she her appearance.
3: Yeah, she doesn't look anything like she used to.
0: No, neither neither does uh,
3: Renee Zellweger. I watched that film. Did you guys? What the hell was that called? It was a it was a paranormal film. (laughs) Oh. It was it was really bad.
2: Yeah, please. Which one?
0: Pre face work,
3: yeah. No, it. I think it happened already. I didn't even recognize her.
0: No, her her face is th- terrifying. That whatever she had done that she denies, it's clearly
3: obvious. It's terrifying. <laughs> but,
0: but she kept pursing her lips as Judy Garland, and it drove me absolutely crazy. Seriously. And so we won't get into that. But on the new DVDs, did anybody see blood shots?
2: Oh, a Diesel. Yeah. Wait, wasn't that just like out three weeks ago?
0: Yeah. No, oh, yeah. No.
3: The, the time we did the podcast the first time
0: in right. March. It had just come out. That's what that's what I was telling Carl. Yeah. All these movies that are out on DVD this week are the ones that were in the theaters that just when the pandemic was hitting and we were talking about them. Um, That is a movie where they reanimate a soldier – and that's Vin Diesel, and I heard it was terrible, but because people so wanted fresh content, they made it to streaming video on demand like right away.
1: Yeah, that Wasn't was that one last, of the first ones? That was the last movie they showed us. That was the last uh, critic screening. And right. it, was, it was at the AMC Chesterfield. Were you guys there?
2: No. I was not. I had a hockey game. <laughs>
1: I guarantee that's one movie theater that will not be reopening. Is the AMC Chesterfield. Although it's a great theater.
2: I you like know. that theater.
1: And the quality of the sound and, and, and audio in the picture are amazing. I just, it's just that mall, right? There's nobody there. I, so I go to all my movies there because I could get there 10 minutes after the movie starts and there's never anybody there. Well, um, did and, you? But it's not going to reopen.
0: Well, I thought somebody bought that property. I don't know. But who knows? The world, every day, we don't know what the world's going to be like in a month and two months and three months. None of us know. Next week. We don't know what that's going to be like, so yeah Jim Bats
1: reviewed Bloodshot, and I reviewed the Hunt. Those are the last two theatrical movies that got reviewed at our site.
0: Uh, well, uh-huh. I reviewed Ordinary Love and that's the one with Liam Neeson and Leslie Mann as the couple going through her breast cancer and it's a very fine movie, and I talked about it that last um the the mid-March one, Frankie, that you were on. And so I think that's worth watching for the acting and the humanity of it. I still Mm. haven't seen the Jesus roles. I don't know what's preventing me from going far, because maybe it's because of all the bad reviews about it. Yeah, it's gotten terrible reviews. Uh,
3: I watched watched Legend, which was an older five-year-old film, but it was Tom Hardy. Oh. Yes, with the brothers. Oh.
0: Hey, yeah. brother.
1: Yeah, they played that at Slip.
0: Well, you know, his new movie is coming out on uh, May 12th, so that's Capone. Tuesday. And it's Capone, and it's 10 years after Capone's in prison, and his mind is going. But also in the movie is Kyle McLaughlin, and, um, who else is in it? Oh, okay. uh, Linda it? Cardellini.
2: Linda Cardellini. Oh, from, from Freaks and Geeks, ER, yeah. and Dead to Me.
0: And Green Book. And Scooby oh, yeah.
2: Doo.
3: I love Cardinelli. She's so beautiful.
0: Yeah, so that's <laughs> going to be interesting. So I guess it's going to be available streaming? Or is yeah, it on the service?
3: <laughs> Cardinelli is hilarious in that one show with uh, Christina Applegate. She's really Dead funny.
2: Dead to Me. Dead to Me is and, a
3: funny show.
2: And I, I hear it just streaming. dropped. Yeah,
3: and she's she's actually in because you guys know I'm you know I'm doing a paranormal film, so I'm watching every paranormal film there is right now. So um she's in uh La Yona, which is um Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the
2: best part part of of it. She's best part of the uh conjuring world.
0: Yeah, yeah, she is. She's Carl saw that. Carl reviewed it.
2: I have seen everything. It was a
3: terrible film.
2: Oh, it's, and it's barely, and it could have made a lot more money and been more successful if they would have said, oh, by the way, this is part of the Conjuring thing, but they didn't do that, which was horrible marketing.
3: It's hard to get Patrick Wilson um, to be in every film, too. I know that <laughs> with Annabelle's Homecoming, I believe they shot the beginning of that film with The nun. Um, so they were doing these segments of these different films and they were piecing it together in the universe. And then the lawsuit befell the, the Warren family, Ed and Lorraine right. Warren. And so it, it became this huge battle. And then Lorraine ended up dying last year, which was tragic right. for the paranormal community. Um, I actually got to interview her before she died about a year ago, which was really cool. Um, she's, she's real deal. Like,
2: doesn't she have a St. Louis connection also? Um, Did they help with the exorcist? Did
0: they help with the... They did
3: did not get involved with the 1949 exorcist, but their link was Martin Malachi. So Martin Malachi spoke on behalf of the 1949 exorcism. He also didn't have anything involved, but they were on the same panel when that happened. There's a film called Hostess to the Devil. It's a documentary. It's phenomenal. And it's all about Martin Martin Malachi's last... Last days as a as an exorcist priest, where he's you know defeated by a demon, but it's a really really cool documentary. If you buy into that, buy into
0: that world, uh, growing oh, up Catholic, I totally do. I totally do. And um, the fact that when they tore down Saint that wing of Saint Alexian Brothers and the wrecking ball stopped, <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah, that I, room
0: I, and would not crush that room. Oh, okay. <laughs>
3: I mean, yeah, and you have St. Francis Xavier, right? Which that one floor is condemned and no one's allowed to live on it. Like there's a lot to that. stuff. we did a three part podcast on the 1949 exorcism. I've been wanting to do a documentary on it just because I believe Ronald Hunkler was faking it, but just because the Vatican did not have the, the support uh, the Vatican didn't support it because it didn't have the fourth leg of an exorcism. So my pre so my cousin, my second cousin was an exorcist priest with Father Amorte. He was a brother of black. And he died about three years ago and he left me his roses and I actually have his missalettes on this table right now. He left me all these different things. He was my favorite family member. And he talked about that case a lot and how the Vatican never approved that case because they didn't have the fourth leg, which was the knowing. Um, the known is, is the, is the one that gets the Vatican involved once you have the, you know, so it's, it's an interesting tale that he told. And, um, the kid actually in the case in 1949 ends up becoming a NASA rocket scientist and has five wow. patents to heat, heat shielding. Um, he, he becomes very wealthy and very lucrative and very quiet and private. He's still alive. He lives in cottage city, Maryland. um, so he, it's an interesting tale. It's a very interesting story. He's never gone public, and I think that that would make or break the documentary, in my opinion. You'd have to get him in the film.
0: Well, uh, maybe because he's got to be, you know. Um, he's 84. older. Yeah, I was going to say maybe he'd want to have it on, on record, which would be totally awesome to get. They had a lecture a couple of years ago with St. Louis U. About it, and it filled it was a nighttime lecture to, open to the public, and it was overflowing crowd. There is so much interest in that case that yeah. i I would think that you making a documentary would be just fabulous that would yeah, be it'd awesome be,
3: uh, it'd be cool we're We're actually in the process of tearing apart the lump documentary now, so that's pretty cool
0: right, and um, so once you get that done, you can go on to the I always just call it the exorcist case. Could well, you
1: read your yeah. book on the Lemp Mansion? Uh,
2: what would you say, Tom? You cut I
3: asked,
1: out. I asked if he, Frankie read Rebecca, Rebecca Pittman's book on the Haunted Lemp Mansion.
3: Yeah, I tried to get through the grammar. The grammar's pretty bad. <laughs> um, but... It's an interesting tale. I mean, she has a lot of bad bogus photos too. Her research was lacking in a lot of areas. There's um, a
1: photo of me in that book. Is there really? <laughs> yeah. well, are, you a Lemp, are you a Lemp family member? <laughs> uh, no, but she, bar- I-, I wrote about Vincent Price spending the night in the Lemp Mansion and she reprinted that in her book. Um,
3: he was quite the, f- he- you were friends.
1: Oh yeah. Um, he was- they all went to school together,
3: but his, she- his, his daughter, Victoria, actually wants to do a – we talked to her last year. She's really jovial, really cool. She lives out in New Mexico. Yeah, I, I know thinking, Victoria very well. Yeah, I was thinking about doing a horror festival for her father. Um,
1: well, we did that about nine years ago.
3: Yeah, that's she, she was telling me, and she wants to, like, do a a yearly one. But with everything now, it's just, like, everything's up in the air. But,
0: yeah, who knows what – if you can't have more than 50 people anywhere. I'd like love to the, read
3: that article, though, Tom. If you could send that to me, that'd be great. Sure.
2: Tom, yes, are, you, uh, are you are you moving around the house in your Charles Bronson shirt?
0: Uh, yes, I am because I spilled <laughs> something on my keyboard. Too bad people can't see uh, the the visual of Tom in his Bronson shirt. Um, my favorite you here. when um Tom did the centennial.
2: Hold on, what your favorite movie of all time is? Death Wish or
3: one, Once Upon a Time in the West? Oh, that's my favorite time. movie of all time too. I
1: hosted the screening of that at the Sliff last year.
2: Oh god, it's
3: phenomenal.
1: Here, wait a minute, let me show you this poster I got in the other room.
2: <laughs> I,
3: listen, I, listen to like the, I listen to the soundtrack from Nino Marconi like daily. Oh hell yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that the Italian?
3: Yeah, uh,
1: that is Italian. It's like yeah. uh forty it's like forty by sixty.
3: Right. And that's what I loved about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I I loved the referencing <laughs> when he was doing the Italian cowboy movies and stuff. Um but that movie is like There's me and my a Bronson mom's. Reference
1: in there you got to look for it. What? There's a Bronson reference in there too. You got to look for it in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. One of the posters says Star has Charles Bronson in the credits. In the phony poster.
3: That's awesome. He was he was just the man's man. And growing up, like you know, around the guys that I did, you know, they're all cars and bikes guys. So him, Steve McQueen, was like, you know. Charles Bronson, Clint Eastwood, like, it was, you know. Don't forget him. Oh, yeah. I met him in San Francisco two years ago. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, not because I had a meeting with him. I ran into him at a, um, a very popular restaurant in San Francisco called Sweet Maple, and he actually held the door for me.
2: Very chivalrous, Mister. He had this
3: huge beard, and I guess he was doing that Santa Claus movie, or maybe he just—I don't know. Maybe he just grows it like that. But um, I looked at him and I said, "I'm—I'm not going to ask for an autograph." And I know this sounds cheesy, but I love you since I was a kid. You're my favorite actor of all time. You're the biggest badass on screen. He looked at me and he says, "I really appreciate that," and that was the end of the conversation. Um, That's nice. And he is—he is the biggest badass on screen. He is the most believable badass ever.
2: What what color was his beard at the time? Was it still? Were there still flakes of uh, brown in it, or was it all white?
3: No, it was it was it was gray and brown. It wasn't like white at all. Really? What was the
0: last movie of his? The Last Star. I still have to see that. Is it the Last Star?
3: I know they're redoing Big Trouble in Little China. Um, he was talking about Burt
0: Reynolds. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, I, I love Kurt Russell too. Kurt Russell's one of my favorites. Oh, is that so, what you said?
3: Burnt Reynolds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reynolds. Corvette Man. Um, The Bandit, 1977. Yeah. So
0: the, um. Can't afford that uh, one. <laughs> we got no. So the, um, the, te- the television viewership is up like. 80% or something like that. It's like insane right now. So, uh, let's talk about some things on TV. On Netflix is the Michelle Obama documentary becoming and it is so good to watch if just put politics aside. It's just inspiring the way she talks to the young girls on her book tour and her book tour is just just, it's just motivational and inspiring and it's just a pleasant documentary to watch about good in the world, but also it does tackle some unpleasant topics and I recommend it highly for uh, anyone who's a documentary fan. And, uh, has anybody watched the new musical drama series from Damien Chazelle that's on Netflix? It's called The Eddie
2: now there's there's he didn't create it he just directed it. it 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 it's it's not he's a hired gun on that, and he's getting a lot more credit than oh not not more than he deserves but more than he he didn't he he's a hired gun he's not it's not his project
0: oh okay well, the media that I read was really concentrating on you yes, know if you if you like <laughs> Yeah, you like La La Land and you like What's the name of, what's the name of the show? It's called the Eddie. The Eddie and it's Andre Holland in Paris. He runs a jazz club, is that correct? And his yes. his teenage daughter or his grown daughter comes into his life. And it's it's music and drama and
2: uh it's it's written by Jack Thorne. He's the one that created it. He's uh he uh was on, he wrote for Shameless and Skins, and um, so he also wrote the stage play uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, so that's his claim to fame.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Oh. Well, well, it's getting great reviews. I have not dug in yet. Solar Opposites on Hulu is a new animated series, uh, with aliens and it's getting great reviews and you guys are big animation fans.
2: Well, it's, it's from the guys who, it's, uh, Dan Roy, or uh, the guy who created, uh, Rick and Morty. Rick and,
0: Rick and Morty, that's why it looks like Rick and Morty.
2: It, it's, it's Rick and Morty without the, uh, sadness. Because Rick and Morty is actually very depressing. None of the, none of the characters have really exciting lives. And they all, there's a whole bunch. What's the word I'm looking for? Sadness. Rick and Morty, if you delve in, if you get it, get past the subtext, they are uh, not happy people, but this is a happier thing. Uh, Dan Harmon co-created Rick and Morty with Justin Roiland. And this is Justin Roiland and one of the writers from Rick and Morty, and they made it happier. So, if you're a Rick and Morty fan, you will like Solar Opposites.
0: Okay. All right. Thank starting you- starting tonight on HBO is the Wally Lamb novel uh, adaptation, This Much I Know Is True, starring Mark Ruffalo as the twins. And he plays both two, roles. Two Mark and, Ruffalos. And uh, it looks like uh, just giving the Emmy now oh guys did you hear that they are no longer going to double dip like if you make a movie for tv it cannot be considered for the oscars just like that oj documentary that won the oscar a couple of years ago for best documentary that's not going to happen now What's right, fun- you, can't,
2: you can't win an emmy and an oscar for the same movie
0: right which you could before
3: that makes no sense
2: Well, it it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have been, they had this loophole a long time and they finally, once the Oscars said, hey, we're not gonna, we're gonna let streaming go, the Emmys finally said, hey, let's close this loophole since, since the Oscars have given us this open door, so let's close it. And it never made sense for you to be able to win an Oscar and an Emmy on the same thing. What they need to do is you have to pick a lane. Right now, right yeah. now, there's no no lane. You just say you throw it and see what sticks. And so you should say, is this a movie project or is this a TV project? Because I guess you can get funding for either or both.
1: I see, but 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 the Oscars will give the give the award for best picture and best foreign film to the same
0: movie. Yeah. Well, they yeah, will. <laughs> but that's a movie. That's a movie movie. But uh, this, so this is gonna just, you know, just adds more. I always thought that was so weird that that O.J. documentary got the both of them. It and then they didn't even screen it for us because wasn't it like thirty under thirty?
2: Is um,
0: it, it? was part of that thirty under thirty. The
2: O.J. Made in America? Yes, I think yeah. it was part of the ESPN thing. But it was also like it's like the Last Dance. It's a it is a long form documentary.
0: Right.
3: Yeah, it's a it's episodic.
0: Right. Speaking of ESPN's 30 under 30 and documentaries, the great documentarian from Edwardsville, AJ Schnack, who if you don't know him, you should because his films are wonderful and he has just gotten this huge break. Uh he has made uh he's he's been shown at slip all the time and he's regarded nationally, but he's not a household name here. Well, that might change because his documentary long gone summer about the home run chase with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, that documentary he's made has been picked up by ESPN for 30 under 30 and is going to be shown on ESPN June 14th.
2: Yeah, they're gonna, they're, I'll go ahead, Lynn.
0: Yeah, because he's, he's, yeah, he was, he was gonna show his movie at the Tribeca Film Festival, but now with ESPN coming calling, uh, he's going that route. But it's because of the documentary, the Michael Jackson documentary, Michael Jordan. Did I say Michael Jackson? Michael Jordan. What Michael Jackson documentary. documentary? Oh, Michael Jordan documentary on ESPN Same. that's been shown on Sundays. So now they have they have um, rushed these thirty under thirty docs to show right after the Michael Jordan series so, concludes.
2: So this week will be parts uh, seven and eight, and then next week will be nine and ten, and that'll be it. And then they're going to do, I believe, either one. Or two weeks of Lance Armstrong documentary. Yeah, it's two
0: parts, yeah. It's
2: included, two parts. With Lance in it. And so it's going to be the whole shebang with Lance Armstrong. And then there's another one, then the Maguire Sosa thing.
0: Right. The uh, other one is about Bruce Lee and his parting right. catch. Or yes. whatever, or whatever he had aneurysm, or whatever he had that made him. No, he had that.
1: an allergic reaction to a painkiller that he wasn't prescribed for to cause his brain to swell in his sleep. That's how he
0: goes. Okay, that's it. Yeah, that's that's the documentary. And then this long gone summer, AJ has obviously been working on this for a long time. I saw him at the Sliff a uh, year before last and talked to him. But he is the. It's the first time where he has access to both McGuire and Sosa.
2: And is Mark McGuire going to talk about the past?
0: Um, I'm not sure. We'll have to wait for the documentary. But I'm so excited for AJ because this is a huge, 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 huge break. And I'm actually is... really
2: excited about the Bruce Lee. That I'm happy that ESPN is taking an interest in Bruce Lee because it doesn't. I know there's there isn't any sports right now, so yep. this seems weird because uh, he he's not seen as an athlete, even though, of course, he was an athlete. No. Was I want to know
3: the deeper story behind the Bruce Lee character inside Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because I had heard that before um, from my my godfather, who was Pete Shafalo, who was one of the leaders of the Teamsters. So they drove Ooh. all the trucks for the Hollywood. And he always said that, too. He always said that Bruce Lee was a fake. He was a poser. That he wasn't the <laughs> real And... Once again, they're Italian men, so <laughs> that, that, explains, that explains everything. Um, because, you know, uh, that's <laughs> the way they are. But the fact that when I saw that, I was remembering, like, Petey talking about that, and I was like, I wonder if there's some truth to this. But I, I don't know. Like, I don't... I've never read anything that says the wiser. I know that he had a lot of respect. I mean, remember Chuck Norris' thing at that time it was real big, and yeah Chuck
2: um, and Bruce didn't necessarily get along as people right. thought they did,
3: yeah, and so there was that controversy and
2: and um, but... Tom, you're an expert on all this
1: well I, I Bruce Lee was not a poser have you ever i mean there's so much footage of Bruce Lee out there go on YouTube and watch him play ping pong with Noom Chucks. <laughs>
3: yeah <laughs> I mean the, yeah. there's one thing to go into the motions of of it, but like actually seeing him in like a tournament like defeating people i think is the you know it the same with like there's the act of doing it and then there's the the actual like like jet lee Li. like jet lee Li was he was crazy like the well, guy was a,
1: career with movie career was so brief i mean he was like the james dean of action stars it, it wouldn't be interesting to see what would have happened had he not died at the peak of his career
3: same with his son i thought his son was a great actor
1: Yeah, well, I had heard when his son died, they were going to bring back the, they were going to make a Green Hornet movie, and they were going to have Brandon Lee play um, Kato. This was like twenty five years ago when they were. That would be racist
2: now.
3: (laughs) And Then
1: then fifteen years later, they made it with Seth Rogen, and I couldn't even tell you who played Kato.
3: Oh, I don't remember. Seth Rogen does nothing for me. Nothing.
1: No, it was a a bad cat. I think they used actually a, a Japanese or Chinese. Rock star is Cato instead of a martial artist.
2: But Another, some, it all comes back to freaks and geeks.
1: Here's some. I, yesterday, a couple days ago was May the fourth, and it was Star Wars Day.
2: Yeah. It was Jay Chow. My, my,
1: my girlfriend was watching um, the original Star Wars from 1977, and I walked in, and there was uh, Jabba the Hutt. I said, "I thought you were watching Star Wars from
2: that special edition."
1: And I and she said, "I am." And I said, "Well, Jabba the Hutt's not in the 77 Star Wars." Did you know that they digitally put in Jabba the Hutt in Star Wars?
3: Yeah, it's yes. at the when it's at the Millennium Falcon.
1: I didn't know yeah. that until I didn't know that until three days. His wife
3: is in that one too, isn't it?
2: Who's one? Marsha? Lucas?
3: No, Jabba the Hut didn't. Oh. His wife? Oh, have no, no, a weird, no, Which one no. was that?
2: That maybe might I'm have think, been.
3: Maybe I'm thinking that, of the Clone Wars. The that might cartoon.
2: have been Clone Wars because that his nephew gets kidnapped.
3: That's right. Those are great, actually. Um, My daughter, my daughter, got into the Clone Wars, and they're actually the storyline's better than the films. (laughs)
0: Well, uh, Carl Carl, um, has news about the Mandalorian. Do you want to share? Yeah.
2: Well, they're going to bring Boba Fett back into the Mandalorian. You know, there's a scene in the Mandalorian where uh, a character. Dies and then you see the, this mysterious figure and you don't say you don't know who he's going to be and they're saying that they're saying that that's Boba Fett because Boba Fett according to all the legends Boba Fett did not, not die in the Sarlacc pit he gets out and so they're going to have Boba Fett in the Mandalorian this new season they didn't say how big or how small of a part it's going to be but it's Tamara Morrison who we last saw on Aquaman, but he played Jango Fett in episode two. So ah. it's all coming full circle, but this is going to confuse a lot of people that didn't read any of the Star Wars legend stuff that think Boba Fett died in, in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, my, I
3: don't That's a, I that's a great conversation. I mean, just Star Wars in general is a great conversation because I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of the writing at all. I, <laughs> I'm I mean just not. I, I love the character. I love. Don't get me wrong. George's best movie is American Graffiti. Um, <laughs> hands down. I think that's where my love of cars started. And and uh, what uh, Harrison Ford is in the '55 Chevy in that film. It's yeah. just oh god. Um, that was but, um, on.
0: That was on again a while ago on one of the on the, one of the premium channels, and I watched it, and I hadn't seen it in like so 20 years. Oh I, my I I
3: went to that diner when I was in San Francisco. When I met Kurt Russell, that same trip, I was – because I was working for Richard Petty at the time. I was working on NASCAR um, for like a year, and I was out there at the uh, the um, Sonoma. It used to be the old Winston Cup. It's an off-road drill. Okay. And while I was there, I was just looking up stuff like movies, right, because I was, you know, I'm going to do this. So I did Winchester House, which was amazing. Movie was terrible. Um, but did that, and then I'm like, oh, my God, my dad's like – you're you're in California. You're like literally 40 minutes from the diner where George Lucas filmed American Graffiti. I'm like, no way. He's like, no, you're right there, man. Um, it's a, a Spanish name. God, that's all I remember. And I got my dad a T-shirt. I remember that. And so I drove there, and I forget it was 20. It was like. Two o'clock in the morning, I'm eating meatloaf on the on the diet. and there's all this paraphernalia all over the walls, man. All those scene shots and the old cameras, and it's such a cool place to to be there. And I actually have a really cool pic of me drinking a shake outside of it. Um, unfortunately, I'm in a rental car, but <laughs> but uh, it was really it was really cool. I so George Lucas for me, like he's he's done some. I don't know. I've I've heard mixed reviews. I mean, did you ever see Carrie Fisher stand up right before she died? She did it maybe two years. Yes, Yes. he talked a little bit about how terrible of a person he was on set. Um, and so I don't know if he was a great director or not. But there's something about the character development is where he really like he was part of the Fab Five, right? So he's, he's Martin Scorsese. George Lucas, Frank Cap- not Frank Cabra, um
2: Francis Ford Coppola, Francis
3: Ford Coppola, um, and Steven Spielberg—they're all good friends—and so he's part of that really interesting group of people that would use these actors. That it's just this really crazy history of American Graffiti and then what happens after that. Um, but then at the same time, when you look at his character development for Star Wars, that's the thing I love about it. Like they continue to make the baddest ass characters ever. Like, the Crimson Guards, like, everything is so cool about the character development, whether they're stealing from the Nazi regime or whatever like that. But there is just this, there, there's an order to the film that, that makes them, and I don't necessarily think it's the story that drives people to watch Star Wars. I think it's really the, it's the visual, but the, the content is just, mm, Wow.
2: Well, as George, as you have one Harrison thing to Ford, do. you got to
3: do one thing. It's going to take us three movies.
2: <laughs> as Harrison Ford said, George, you might be able to write it, but we can't say it because the dialogue is very clunky.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Well, he was very... The casting on that was remarkable. Yep. And I always... Uh, uh, I found several years ago, because YouTube is just a treasure trove, there is a uh, screen test for Kurt Russell as Luke Skywalker and William Kat as Han Solo.
3: I gotta wa- you, know, you know what I watched, Lynn, though, now that you bring that up? I watched Eric Stoltz in Back to the Future.
0: Oh, that, the, the scene. <laughs>
2: it was
3: terrible. Oh, my God. It was so bad. That movie would have never been anything. It would have been a, like a weird science type of cult classic Bondo film.
0: Um, yeah. Or maybe maybe it's the opposite. It's Kurt Russell and William Kat, and they're very good. They're very good because they totally were see the good guys back then. You know, back well, Kurt was a child actor, and that was when William Cat was the greatest American hero.
2: No, that was until eighty three or okay. eighty two. So okay. this would have been <laughs> like six very- years before that.
0: Okay, so this would have been maybe when he was Pippin on Broadway. I can would I can see right both those
3: it? guys playing it.
2: Yeah, they yeah. could.
0: Yeah, so it's, uh, it, it's Frankie,
2: very it's, Frankie. Yeah. It's Mel's diner, or Mel's driving. Yeah, Mel's driving. Mel's driving. Yep.
0: Yeah, it's we're gonna, very. We're interesting. Talk about. Going to talk about Shakespeare.
2: Yes, we yeah, are. Yeah, we're
0: we're gonna we're gonna get to that, but before I do, I want I want Carl to tell us about the blues documentary History Made, the director's cut, because History you know, Made. They, they were showing that on the YouTube, but now Channel 5 is showing it, I guess, because there is no sports. So what's this episode four? Are you in it? Uh, you no, it? but I, w-
2: I if you read STL Today or got the actual physical St. Louis Post-Dispatch on Thursday, I was the front page of the sports section because there is no sports right now. And they wanted to talk about my history with the Blues because it was the one-year anniversary of the – Pat maroon goal versus dallas in uh, game seven of round two so they got it from my perspective because i blew the horn and there's a huge article on sdl today and the front page of the sports section uh in the post-dispatch from last thursday look it up ben Hochman did a great job
0: it says, uh, Carl, play Gloria with exclamation yes. point. Doesn't, uh, your wife posted it and I thought it was from last year and I thought, wait a minute. I didn't see this. This, no, why didn't I see this?
2: It's the one year anniversary of us winning round two. So oh, hopefully they'll they talk show, to me. Yeah.
0: They <laughs> showed that, Pat Mar- yeah, they showed that Pat Maroon goal all over day long over. on Thursday, all day long. Cause that was the only thing. There is no sports they're going to be showing South Korean baseball on ESPN. But
2: they're showing it live. So it's at one o'clock in the morning. So it's great. But the blues have put together a documentary. It's called um, there. There's there are several there are there since we're in the digital age of media, everything is documented. So they're releasing as much as they can for the anniversary of the blues winning the cup. So uh, it's been on YouTube and it's the director's cut, meaning it's, uh, mostly, mostly censored and uncensored. There are different versions of the thing, and the thing on channel five is going to be totally censored. The, the YouTube one, a lot of dropouts. This one, I think there's going to be um, it's going to be as clean as can be because a lot of cursing going on because they were excited and they were um, overserved.
0: Oh yeah, I would I would say that about the <laughs> overserved. Uh, the uh, the the chance for the networks to package as many people as possible to still have fresh content tonight on NBC at six o'clock, they're starting with every comedian that they could get their hands on and they're doing something to raise money for uh, a charity related to the COVID pandemic and Jack Black is uh going to have a show about his escape room and he Yeah, looks it's celebrity crazed. escape
2: room. It's it looks it actually looks kind of interesting. That, it does. that that's going to be for Red Nose Day though. That's oh. that's that's the other charity.
0: Okay, that's May uh I think 23rd, I think something like that. And then Tuesday St. Louis Joe Buck has gathered nearly every single celebrity from St. Louis. And they're going to be on Tuesday night on, on, uh, Raisin Funds. It's John Hamm, Scott Bakula, Nelly, Cedric the Entertainer. I don't think they have Kevin Klein though, but it's like everybody, oh, Bob Costas. and so it's all who knows joe buck and uh they're doing something so these are these local celebrity type things that they're trying to get attention for and uh getting some fresh content speaking of fresh content the st louis shakespeare festival are actually their proper name is shakespeare festival st louis They are obviously not right now getting ready to have their Shakespeare in the Park, Much Ado About Nothing at the art, at the art museum backyard. Shakespeare Glen. Yeah, Shakespeare Glen. And so what they're doing is they're having very interesting content on their Facebook page, Facebook Live. I thought I was doing Taming of the Shrew last, uh, Wednesday night and I watched that, uh, Mary Pickford Douglas Fairbanks adaptation which was the first shakespeare ever put on uh, film and it was oh, also no. his first talk first shakespeare
1: ever put on film was uh, Richard III in
0: 1911. Wow. Okay, well,
1: opening that's what you see during the opening credits of Theater of Blood with Vincent Price.
0: Okay. Ooh. So then so then I watched this it was Douglas Fairbanks's first Talky, but it was her second and it's only an hour long but they have an issue they can't show the movie the st louis film festival is connected to this so they're showing right. a movie every wednesday night or they thought they were going to show a movie every wednesday night and have guest commentary which was what i was supposed to do but now what they're doing is they have a panel of experts talking about a movie like instead of Taming of the Shrew last Wednesday was The Lion King and Cliff Fralick, the head of... I thought of,
2: The Lion King was King Lear.
0: No, it's Hamlet. Hamlet. It's Hamlet. So did. So Clif, Cliff Fralick, who is the uh, director of Cinema uh, Louis Louis Louis. St. Uh, Louis, he gathers a, a, a panel. So Tom... Stockman, our guest today, is going to be on the panel for this coming Wednesday. They're going to show Theater of Blood.
1: Yes. So tell never- us
0: about that movie, uh, Tom, and also why, what Shakespeare is that connected to?
1: Well, it's connected to uh, eight or nine Shakespeare's because it's, it's sort of the, the same premise as Dr. Fives, where he's getting revenge. And Dr. Pribes, he got revenge on these surgeons that let his wife die on the operating table. In this Theater of Blood, which was made the next year, he plays this very thin-skinned actor named Edward Leinhardt. who's expecting to win this Theater Critics Circle Award, and they don't give it to him. So he jumps out the window and kills himself, but he's not really dead. And then he gets revenge (laughs) on these nine film critics using deaths from Shakespeare
0: plays. Oh, and this is Vincent Price. It was um, made in
1: '73. It was Vincent Price's very favorite film, and it, and for one one reason it is because Vincent Price never played Shakespeare, and 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 finally, and when he did this role, he gets to do eight Shakespeare characters. So this <laughs> was the big this was a big thrill for him. I and mean, he never did Shakespeare in the Park or anything like that. I remember when this film came out, he was interviewed, and somebody said, "How come you never did Shakespeare?" And he said, "I would have loved to, but." I couldn't afford, I couldn't afford it. He couldn't, you know, he, he said, I have two alimonies and he was addicted to collecting <laughs> artwork and he would have rather done, you know, a half a dozen Hollywood squares and a, you know, the Brady Bunch and these paying gigs and then, then have to take, you know, a couple of months off to do Shakespeare in the Park. Um, it's a really fantastic movie though. Um, Diana Rigg is in it. And then all these British actors like uh, Robert Morley and Ian Hendry and all these guys you've seen play the critics. So it's really a fun movie. It's a very dark comedy. It's also pretty gruesome.
0: Uh, what, uh, time, what time is that on Wednesday?
1: Well, I think it's eight o'clock and it'll be on the, that St. Louis Shakespeare. Festival. Uh, what, Saint, Shakespeare <laughs> Festival, St. Louis. That'll be on their Facebook page and it'll be on Cinema St. Louis's Facebook page. And uh, it'll be, I you know, eventually it'll be on mine. I'll put it up on mine. Um, yeah, because it'll we, go to YouTube, right? It'll go to YouTube. The oh, it will. It does. Yeah, yeah. Last, last week they did Lion King. That's right. You said that. And uh, Michael Long, who teaches animation over at Webster U, was one of the experts on that. I haven't watched that yet, but you can you can even watch those now over on those two uh, Facebook pages.
0: And then yeah, you're well,
1: what okay. uh, West Side Story.
0: I'm doing West Side Story. They haven't given me a date yet, but it's coming up, but little did they know. <laughs> I'm ready to go with that one. <laughs> so, so um, uh, cause that's my all time favorite musical. So, um, it'll be fun. We'll see. But yeah, I guess there's all sorts of rules now with people showing things online. It's, they're trying to do as much as possible with content virtually. Yeah. as they well,
1: can right yeah you gotta you gotta still pay the rights they're still doing the French the French international French film festival cinema st. Louis is but only I was originally tapped to be introduced to one of those movies as well but they can only do three of them now either three or four for licensing reasons and and I and the one that I'm introducing they can do so I'll be introduced to one of those you know online. Uh, sometime in July.
0: Yeah, there's. It's going to be. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens this summer because uh, we're just all waiting to see how the film the St. Louis Filmmakers Showcase is going to go. And I suspect that the June 5th trivia nights already moved to August or September.
1: Oh yeah.
0: There's no way we're going to gather up in that no. centene ballroom. They may just.
1: I bet they just skip it this year. That'd be that'd be my best guess.
0: Yeah, I could be wrong.
1: Though. They're they're you know they're
2: trying to raise funds or do time. it virtually. It's July, right?
0: Uh, the the filmmaker showcases July 10th through 12th and 17th through 19th. Those two weekends, yeah. they might have to do it virtually. Oh, yeah, I,
3: I entered one of my films in that. I'm 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 looking forward. I, I was looking forward to it. I don't know. I mean. <laughs> Well, everybody's reopening. I mean, I just talked to a couple of my friends in town and they're hair salon owners. They're opening. Um, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just like I think we talked last time. It, it, the movie theater and is such a different element, total animal, total different animal. Um, with this pandemic.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, Marcus, before, before everything was shut down, Marcus had this seating arrangement where they were going to only seat people every couple seats because of what was going on and then you know everything was shut down once once it got to no more than 100 no more than 50 no more than 10 then once it got under 50 then everybody shut down and then now if it's if it's still 10 people you can't open these places now restaurants when they start reopening, maybe that's when the theaters will figure something out.
1: Uh, I think theaters are going to be a lagging indicator of opening. I think they're going to be one of the last things to open. I really worry about the high point because that's my favorite theater in town.
2: Uh, That's such a huge house though. You can have social distancing at the high point because it's such a huge house. Now people aren't going to be able to sit where they want, but I think high point, the high point will be okay. Now the back lot that I don't think could even open. (laughs)
1: Well, I think all the theaters are going to have to open at the same time. Studios aren't going to send digital prints to certain theaters and not others. And cool. I think they're going to have to open at once, or the studios aren't
0: yeah. going to participate. Yeah, they're going yeah, to have to be in those, you know, there's those phases. They're going to have to be in yeah. the different phases, but everything's going to be a learning curve. Just remember right before the pandemic when everybody was trying to figure it out and have these rules, and then all of a sudden, everything that got shut down, they're just going to have to go back and revisit what they were planning to do, and uh, I do think the group gatherings are going to be... See, live theater is totally screwed, totally screwed, because <laughs> actors screwed. have to... Actors have to be close... To, <laughs> Actors have to be close to each other on stage.
1: I you think the High Point's been struggling for years. Anyway, I, I just think maybe, maybe this it, is. I, yeah, uh, uh, and I, you know, George James and the family—he actually owns that building and that property. Yeah, but he could he, sell that property for. Uh, he quite a he few
3: years. came to my uh, film festival that we had last year. We we canceled this year. We're doing it online and giving out the awards. But um, he came to to the film festival last year and i remember meeting him and it was an honor because i love the high point who doesn't the best popcorn in town and i don't know why but they have the best popcorn but aside from that i said um he you know introduces himself and i didn't want him to pay you know because i'm like dude like you own a theater like this is awesome that you're here and um he basically told me he's like well yeah i mean i own the high point it's a non-profit and i said the high point's a non-profit he's like no we just don't make any profit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Such,
3: it was so dry and so perfect it's like my type of humor um but yeah i mean i hope i mean the mula, the mula in itself you know talking to harman a couple months ago because you know he's agreed to do the premiere of of, of lump's last right at the chase and um hearing that mula news was so disheartening to so many of my friends i mean that was an epic, iconic place that really started beverages, alcoholic beverages inside movie theaters. He really, really was intuitive and it's just it's terrible news.
0: It is. It's going to be just a whole new world and we're just going to have to be waiting and seeing and here we are mid uh, May and a year ago I was in New York uh, for Mother's Day and I was seeing To Kill a Mockingbird with Jeff Daniels at the Schubert. So yeah, we were packed in there like sardines. I went
1: so, to the, I went to the moolah last week. You, you did stuff up. Yeah. And they were moving everything out and all those couches, they tossed them.
2: What? What? Yeah. Yeah, those were great them. couches.
1: Yeah, but they were pretty nasty in the sunlight.
2: Oh, well, yeah, I, you know what? Yeah. You're right.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. That's going to the burn
2: barn, Carl. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's like, "Uh, you want one of these couches?
3: There's a fire sale going on. (laughs) Oh. But but there was a room uh, in
1: the back, and it had VH tapes. That's why I went over there. And there must have been 1,200 VH tapes in this room. And I grabbed Hipster you. Yeah, I grabbed about (laughs) A lot of more stuff that's out of print. Ooh.
0: Really? I just threw away about uh, 300 of Tim's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think these were ones that he would buy Uh it. That um that high point what, what is what's on Hampton? The record exchange? Yeah. like fifty cents and you can't you can't try to give them to anybody. Nobody will take oh, yeah. them. Most ninety nine percent of VHS tips are worthless. But there are right. some
1: that have some value. You gotta really know what you're digging through.
0: Yeah, well I kept uh the Star Wars and the uh Empire Strikes Back VHS. I have I kept, the
3: flubber one, it's green.
0: And I kept a <laughs> I kept a couple for uh for um just sentimental value, but yeah it was it was like, why am I lugging these around uh speaking of being a mom, I want you all to end we'll end today by I want you all to tell me how your mother influenced your film
2: i <laughs> I'll start my okay so we had i'm a I'm a child of the eighties well yeah, because I was born in nineteen seventy and so I had a my grandmother gave me this book of lists and I was trying to watch all these movies and I would watch some of them with my mother, but she would always fast forward over the sex parts. (laughs) But we had, we had one of these, but she would hit stop and hit fast forward, but she didn't want to lose any story. So then she would hit play again and then hit rewind. And so we'd get right back to the same sex part that I was supposed to be skipping. (laughs) So I just, all she did was stop the movie Make us pause for a second, and then I would see the exact same—the one-second nudity. Uh, I remember uh, the movie *The Eye of the Needle*. She's like, "Oh my gosh, you can't see this," and we saw everything anyway. So, <laughs> I appreciate—I appreciate what she was trying to do, but all she did was just highlight the sex parts. So, thanks for that. <laughs> I think that you actually you know. watched more of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: That was uh, Kate Nelligan, who was topless in Eye of the Needle, by the way.
2: Eye of the Needle. It was a, it was a spy thriller based right. on a book, and she's like, oh, this will be fine. Nope, nope. There's the one naked sex scene uh, in the bed. All right, Tom, your turn.
1: Oh, no, my turn. Are we talking about my mom? Gosh. You know, the weird thing about my mom, I was born in 61. My mom had retinal detachment right when I was a baby, and she was completely blind until I was about 11. So really I'd have to give all my movie going credit to my dad. <laughs> Can't think of any way to really credit my mom. I do remember after she got her sight back, my dad drove me to the Fox theater. This was about 1972. And cause they were showing Godzilla's revenge. This was before the Fox closed. This was when the Fox was still a grindhouse right. urban theater, I should say. And, uh, and my mom didn't want me to go in the Fox Theater by myself at age 10 to see Godzilla work the revenge during the middle of the day. So she took me in there. That's the first time I ever remember going to a movie with my mom. My dad... You remember it. I remember it all throughout the 70s. Any movie that starred Burt Reynolds, Clint Eastwood, or Charles Bronson. My dad, you know, Friday night after dinner, he would throw me and my brother in, in the, in the backseat of the car, and he would, we would see every single movie starring one of those three actors. My mom, not so much. She's a sweet gal, and she was always very. She indulged me, but uh, she didn't really affect my movie taste very much. Not like my dad,
2: Frankie. What do you have, sir?
3: Um. So yeah, my mom is like everything. Like she still, she still buys me stuff um, for Christmas. A couple years ago, she got me a book called Frame by Frame. It's every frame in an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Um, oh wow! It's inc- very cool. <laughs> It's incredible. It's a cinematographer's dream, but she she was a person that um would understand film I think today we would consider her a kind of a film head or a video video file or cuz she she understands film she understands the actors and she knew all the gossip between the acting so when we watched these black and white films I I can't remember any color filmed like you know Technicolor films when I was a kid all we watched was like hitchcock and twilight zone and um and then she was a big lie. fan of she was a big fan of Columbo too. So that's when the color age came in and Star Trek. And she was just a film head, but she's the funniest person in the world. She hates going to the movies, um, which is just very strange. But she she really gets behind a lot of the films. Um, she she would be this person, and she still is. Uh, you know, I'm trying to talk to her today because it's Mother's Day and, and Happy Mother's Day, Lynn. By the way, um, thank you. Almost forgot to say that. Uh so she she definitely was the reason why I think that I a lot of my filmmaking lends its hand to um Hitchcock and and Orson Welles and the Frank Capra. I mean she was my mom told me at one point like um and and this has been said a couple times and I swear to god my mom said it first. But she told me she goes if you really want to evoke emotion watch a Frank Capra film on mute. <laughs> And because he used to do silent films, she told me. And so mm-hmm. that's how he got the emotion out of people. And if you watch A Wonderful Life, if you watch one of his films and you put it on mute, you can just see James Stewart and just the acting is just kind of pulling through. So so we we try to have those emotional roller cultures and, and I think Frank Capra was, I think, one of her favorites, um, Hitchcock as well. And then getting into Orson and stuff like that, who she keeps thinking I look like Orson Wells now in his later years but um
0: <laughs> not that big
3: no, uh, no, no i'm not, not, I'm not, not gonna like russell
0: crowe in uh, the true history of the kelly gang oh, God. no but um
3: <laughs> but yeah and I, and I have this other tidbit it's a really small story but i think i should mention this because you know i'm on the airwaves here but uh my my grandmother um louise campbelletta or louise spino was my mom's dad was my uh, my dad's mom and she died very young she died at 39 years old from ovarian cancer but my dad's favorite memory when, cause he, she was, he was 18, 19 years old when she died. But I always asked him, what's your favorite memory of your mom, of grandma or mom, mom, as we say in Italian?" He said, she took me to see West Side Story and I never forgot it. And it's still his favorite movie because of that memory. So I just thought that would be kind of a cool thing to say, you know, on Mother's Day. So
2: yeah. Well, you know, be... the, the love story where everyone dies. <laughs> yeah, <basically.
0: laughs> <laughs> yes, the Romeo and Juliet of its day. Well, my mother was born yep. in 1930, so she was the era of, uh, when everybody went to the movies to escape the depression and also, uh, World War II, wow. all the rah-rah movies. She loved, when I was growing up, uh, Saturday night, cause, my parents divorced when I was seven, so mom worked and Saturday nights was a big deal. In the sixties, you could have soda like on Saturday night, you know, mm. that was like a thing. And, uh, we would, uh, Gunsmoke was on the last TV show of the night and then we would regroup like the little kids would go to bed and we'd regroup and we would watch these old black and white movies with my mom. And I always remember that that's how I got introduced to all the classics. And she loved William Holden. That was her favorite. And I remember because we were poor kids, uh we would always pile in the, uh during the warm weather months, we would always pile in the one car and go to the drive-in. And see the double feature. And we stayed till the end. And uh, one time. She took us. To the drive-in on a school night. It must have been the end of the. Semester per se. To see Love is a Many Splendored Thing. at the sky view. Wow. And I always remember that. Like on a school night. My mother took us to see a William Holden movie.
3: <laughs> oh.
0: But my favorite movie memory with my mom is on my 13th birthday, she took me to see gone with the wind downtown St. Louis at the ambassador theater. That was when gone with the wind would only come out every seven years. Yeah. And, uh, at the ambassador, we had it like buy tickets in the mezzanine. I remember. And, uh, she took me to famous bar first for lunch. And then she took me to see gone with the wind. Cause I had read the book that, uh, that summer and so that's my favorite mom memory and as a mom no no no
2: do not tell stories about you are a bad film mom you showed your kids movies way too young yeah
0: (laughs) well but um, a, a memory popped in my facebook feed today of tim reminding everybody why he liked me and showing what movies he got to see at an inappropriate age and uh I will but what he didn't say was how he begged and pleaded <laughs> and was relentless till I would give in because I would be going to these movies to see like Terminator Two and Misery to go to go review them for the Bell News Democrat Sunday magazine. And so he would just he was like a dog with a bone. Yeah, I would be like, okay, but don't tell anybody I'm taking
2: you. Don't tell anybody I took you to go see Pulp Fiction when you're way too young for
3: it. <laughs> T2 well, is the best Terminator though.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's so funny because you know he was such a film nut, but I did put my eyes over his. I did put my hands over his eyes during the hobbling scene in Misery. Yeah, uh, my dad took me to see uh, French Connection when I was.
2: Oh eight. God, my. Love that, that film. But
0: it was a new
1: movie.
2: Shoot it, shoot him in the first back.
1: R-rated, that was the first R rated movie I remember seeing at the theater.
3: Such a great, and that's still an, uh, that's still a cold case. You know that? They never found those guys. That's really? a great, yeah, they never found those guys. Like, that's a crazy film. Gene Hackman in that film is amazing. It's, um, done by Friedkin. So the same guy did The Exorcist. Like, it's just, it's one of my favorite, just the cars alone in that film. Oh my God. Like, yep. Like when he was saying his dad took him to a movie in 1972, I'm like, I really hope he was in (laughs) a Chevelle.
0: Oh, those are good times. But you know, uh, movies are a way that family bonds, that I'm sure Carl, your wife's going to have tales of, of her and well, you and Maggie and, and your wife taking, you know, seeing different things together. Yep. And Tom, you and your girls—your so one daughter—used to come over every Friday night, right? And you would watch a movie together.
1: Yeah, we haven't been doing that lately. This neighborhood.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, but also,
0: when they get older, it's amazing. All of a oh, sudden, they—they yeah. they get older, and then they don't want to really hang too much with you and stuff. So, well, we I used to have this. I'm like out over here just because all the shootings. We used There's to been so have... many. Races. They don't even. <laughs> we used time. to have this. Uh, uh, Thing when the boys were I would say maybe late high school maybe early college um, well then they wouldn't have been home well when they they would all come home like everybody would come home from wherever they were on Saturday night like at midnight and we would sit down and we would watch something together and this is when I remember a friend telling me about Netflix and about you got the disc in the mail
2: yeah. and mm-hmm.
0: and then you could send it and he told me about Donnie Darko Ah, so, 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 so we watched that. So, so we'd all gather like midnight and that's the kind of family we are, we, you know, late night TV and we, and the boys and I would watch some movie at midnight together. And that was just always just a fun thing because everybody be doing their lives and coming back, but we could always come back and, and do a movie. And then when the boys would come home from college or wherever they were living and it was a holiday, like we used to always go to the Esquire to see the tentpole movies, you know, the Star Wars movies, the Indiana Jones movies, the whatever
2: was showing in the big theater,
0: yeah, whatever was showing. And so, like, well, back they then was... they only had, they only had
2: no, that was, it was Esquire 4 back then in the 80s, uh, yeah.
0: yeah we're, talking, we're talking, we're talking like not, primarily 90s oh. and in the early 2000s. And I remember the boys coming home when. One Memorial Day, we went to the Esquire for Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, whatever the Crystal Skull was.
2: That well, that was that was that was the much later. One. Yeah, yeah, that was way later. That's my first
3: that was, movie that I remember seeing with my dad was lit, Raiders of the Lost Ark,
2: nineteen eighty-one. Yeah, I thought it did a pair four.
0: I saw it in Chicago.
2: <laughs> I was young. That
0: was yeah, movie. I was up in Chicago when I saw that, and I couldn't believe it. It was just so. Eighty one, right? Yep. Yep. What are they showing tonight on the CBS movie of the week? Forest. Is it Forrest Gump? Forrest yeah. Gump.
3: Skyview's doing Goonies.
2: That was Who is?
3: Skyview is doing Goonies.
2: That's that was last right. week. Next week is uh Troll. <laughs> Trolls. Troll hey, no. New Little. Oh, God.
1: Next week next week at the Starlight they're doing Blues Brothers and Back to the Future.
2: Ooh. Ooh. That's in DeSoto, right?
1: It's in DeSoto. It's actually in Cadet, Missouri, which is right next to DeSoto.
2: Yeah. All right. We have to wrap it up. Tom, yes! where can we find. we
1: Let's do a three hour podcast.
2: <laughs> Tom, where can, where can we find your website, sir? We
1: are moving geeks. We are moving
2: Frankie, where can we find you?
3: You can find me at uh, Freeway Frankie on Instagram, and that's Frankie with an I, no E, and shiftfilms.net. Subscribe.
2: And you can find me at underscore Carl the Intern on Instagram and Twitter. And, yes, I did post something this week. I posted the article about me. All right, Lynn, where can we find you? <laughs> um,
0: Webster Kirkwood Times Online, no longer print, but we're still online. And uh, KTRS every Thursday in the 1030 segment with Ray Hartman and uh we have our real times trio podcast every weekend now and what else and we go oh my own website poplifestl.com have a good week everybody